You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, yay, July 9th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently just launched Big Old Thing, Just Baseball. But maybe uh, if by any chance, if by any chance, just felt like I should throw it out there. If you might be more of the pop culture entertainment connoisseur, you can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse Play, Disgusting Film Crit, and more. And hopefully many more to come. But of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, guys. You can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show at LO underscore Padres or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on either two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you like we'll be doing today's show. Today's Chunky Boy episode, man. It's going to be a good one. But first, let me just mention to you, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked-on rooms. They're always all over the place. Mine was actually last night. Got real rowdy and crazy. Had a lot of people on that one. Dear Lord, a lot of you guys got to calm down. There's some serious topics that got brought up, too. And actually, I think they were just fairly good about the whole, like, Trevor Bauer thing. Shout out Jeff Snyder for hopping on. And shout out everybody for hopping on last night. That was a whole lot of fun. But last night's Spotify Greener was not the only thing that was fun last night, guys. We got a lot to get through. Because today is the 300th episode extravaganza. That's right. This is my 300th episode of doing this podcast. That's, like basically a year of doing the show. I mean, it's been basically a year anniversary, but I already had my year anniversary, but like 300 episodes. That is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane, guys. So shouts to all the people that listen, and we're going to be answering a bunch of questions that were sent my way. But before we get into that, before we get into that, because here's the thing. We had the Spotify green room last night. And I shut it down because it, it went for like an hour and 20 minutes. What can I say? I was like, all right, usually I only do this for like a half an hour to 40 minutes. And now it's just gotten out of control, right? So then I, I shut it down and the Pirates are losing. It's 8 nothing, right? 8, or it wasn't 8 nothing. Yes, it was 8 nothing last night. It was basically a total disaster. And basically right after I end that damn green room, guys, the magic happened. And I needed to, and I got beef, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Shouts to everybody that's been listening to this podcast. But I got beef with some of y'all. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Some of you Padres fans. I got beef. That's right. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But let's just mention last night's game. Kind of. Let's just go through the highlights. Because after all, this is a Chunky Boy episode. Mailbag extravaganza. Uh, but let's just go through the, kind of the rundown. Bottom line, you Darvish. Worst start of the season for him. He goes three innings, giving up six earned runs on eight hits. Didn't walk anybody, struck out two. Raising his ERA over three and his whip to one, a straight one, which is... Look, I didn't expect that. I thought Udarvish was going to be great last night. I thought that at minimum he was going to give up maybe two or three, but I did not see this coming. It was his worst start of the season by far, um, and his worst start in a while. Like It's not like he even had a bad start against Philly. I know he gave up four against Philly, but even still, the one walk, eight strikeouts is pretty good. So uh, not a great start for Udarvish. Everyone's freaking out. And then everything basically, once the green room ends, 
after that bottom of the third inning that ends with a Tommy Pham strikeout, uh, the magic happens. First of all, though, I must mention I've been beefing with my fellow uh, Lockdown homie, Josh Neighbors, over at Lockdown Nats about Trey Turner and Fernando Tatis. I somewhat distorted his argument a little bit, but I stand by to a degree. If you guys listen to the episode, he was basically saying it should go Trey Turner, Brandon Crawford, Tatis in terms of just like the all-stars and all that. I'm like, yeah, okay. Whatever, nerd. Oh, defense. So cool, whatever. Uh, I like hitting bobs. That's what I like. I think you guys, we could all agree on that. But Trey Turner actually hits two home runs last night. So it wasn't proving my point. Uh, in the top of the fourth, he hits one um, as well as in the first inning, was it? Let me see here. Yeah, Trey Turner hits a home run in the first inning and then in the top of the fourth. But then that oh-so-wonderful bottom of the fourth happens. I Do I even have to recap it, guys? Do I even have to? Do I? Like, a listener, do you think I need to? Nod to your head, yes. Go to the side if no. Oh, wait, that's right. This is audio medium, of course. But uh, let's let's go through it, guys. It starts off with the Tatis homer, which out of all the things that happened yesterday, including, by the way, my my beloved Chris Paul, CP3, getting another win yesterday in the NBA Finals. I'm getting so emotional about that, guys. About Somehow Tatis's bomb of a home run. I mean, it wasn't the, his greatest one. The other, the one that he hit that with the exit velo the other day that was like 118, whatever it was, that one was a little bit crazier. But the fact that... Him hitting a home run. That was really exciting. That was like that after note, right? In this inning, then after that Tatis solo shot, which makes it 8-1 now uh, in favor of the Nationals. Then Jay Cronenworth strikes out, and you're like, okay, yeah, okay, whatever. Then Manny Machado gets hit by a pitch. And keep in mind, guys, this was an aces duel. In theory, it was Scherzer versus Darvish. And Machado gets hit by a pitch. Then Grisham hits a single. Then Eric Hosmer gets hit by a pitch, allowing the bases to be loaded. That's right, he hits two pitchers. In one inning, Mad Max. I mean, that's not something you see so often. Then Will Myers draws a walk, which makes it 8-2, walking in uh, May Machado. Then Victor Caratini strikes out. And then, the moment that will be remembered forever. And no, I don't care if it was a regular season game. This will be remembered for a long time. Daniel Camarena. Slamarena. Relief pitcher for the Padres. San Diego native, a grand slam. Who is this guy? I don't even know who he is. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea who this guy is. He hits a grand slam, a pitcher. Uh, oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God, guys. This, and I'm. you're ready for the cliche? This is it. All right. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Let's let's go through. Just break down this inning. And by the way, for the rest of the inning, just to get through it, Tommy Pham then hits a double after Scherzer um, uh, gives up that grand slam. Then they bring in Kyle Finnegan, and then Tatis hits a single, allowing um, Tommy Pham to score. Bottom of the fourth. All of a sudden, it's eight seven. Right. We'll get into the rest of the game, which is not nearly as interesting as 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 that moment. We'll get into it a little bit later. But basically, bottom line is, look. This is what transpired in that inning. How could he not be romantic about this, okay? Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, kind of an ultimate all-star snub, by the way. If there, if there really was any snub that I complain about, it is Max Scherzer this year. He hits two people in an inning. He hits two batters on top of that. And then he gives up a grand slam to a pitcher and is like first, it's his first career hit, first career moment. It's his debut. That's insane. Absolutely insane. It is exactly evidence. And this is, I genuinely mean this. And I, I tweeted this out. I tweeted out the video of Tatis. It's why it's why we love the game. It's why we love sports. 
You know, that's what's so much fun about this. You really never know what's going to happen. Um, basically, rest of the game, Tommy Pham ends up tying the game in the bottom of six with a double uh, to deep left center, allowing Will Myers to score. And Will Myers, by the way, had a pretty solid game. He's been hitting a lot um, better lately. He goes one four three in this game, actually. That's just like, oh, and he drew two walks. Or no, drew one walk. Okay, so not too bad for Will Myers. Uh, people still roasting Eric Hosmer, justifiably so. But um, And then the game eventually ends up going to extras. Or I should no, it doesn't go to extras. My bad. Uh, it goes to the bottom of the ninth inning, and Trent Grisham walk off for Trent the the, the legend Trent Grisham uh, a single uh, allowing Tommy Pham to score. Tommy Pham man just all over the place, absolute beast of a player. Shout out to him. He was awesome in this game with two doubles. Uh, he did strike out twice, but three for five with two doubles. I will absolutely take it, guys. Um, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. And now. This serves as a perfect transition to begin the mailbag. One question that I have to get in there. It comes from Andres Rivera on Twitter. As you guys know, went sent out for the past like two weeks, honestly. But say for you guys to get me in uh, your questions. I'm going to start with Andres here, who is a longtime listener of the pod. Shout out to you, my friend. Who sent in a question that has to do with basically what happened last night to a degree. He says, it's a little bit of a long one. Don't know if you recorded an, record or not, but I also got a question. It's legitimate because it's becoming kind of annoying, but like Padres fans are so ready to attack the team when the team goes down early and point out all the flaws, but immediately are all supportive when they do well. Like, shoot, if you ask me, more good things have come out than the bad over this first half of the season. Yet one bad game and everyone wants to be negative. 162 games and one bad game is like, oh, this team is trash. Every good team has bad stretches. Like, shoot, even the Dodgers, as much as I hate them, they'll even have a bad game every once in a while. It's baseball. Crap like this happens. Not really much of a question, more like a rant, laughing emoji. But it's true, though. Padres fans got to chill. That's why big names like John Boy saying they're the biggest crybaby fans in baseball. And I hate to say it, I kind of agree. A little bit harsh from the the, 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 the John Boy calling us crybabies. Um, here's what – a great great point, Andres. Uh, here's what I'll say about that. You know, I even had like a little moment on Twitter where like uh, last night, one of the guys that I think he was a good sport about, he used the Homer uh, fading back into the bushes meme. But when the Padres are down eight, nothing, uh, someone was tweeting at me being like, this is a disaster. They're always disappointing and all that stuff. And I'm like, I I get it. It's an annoying game, but you can't do this thing where you're being thrilled with how they're playing. You sweep the Dodgers. First time that had happened for the team since I think it was. And at Petco since like 2010, I forgot what the stat was, but first time they'd done that in a while, you sweep the Reds and you win three out of the four of the next series against the Reds. You destroy the Diamondbacks for the most part. Like you're beating up on all these teams. And then right when you have a series that doesn't go your way, you start complaining. And someone actually got back to me and they were like, how are we losing to you know, a shitty team like, like this? All right. This is a terrible team. And I quote tweeted it, which is kind of begging for you to get into debates, being like, I actually don't think the Nationals are that bad. Like, they're not a great team. They're not an elite team, but they're eh. They're okay. You know what I mean? They have some good offensive players. Josh Harrison, very underrated. You obviously have Juan Soto and Trey Turner and some decent pitchers in that uh, rotation for them. And they've been really hot lately. And they don't even have Kyle Schwarber right now, by the way. And they were like, well, it's, it's the worst division in baseball. So, yeah, I'll say they're pretty crappy. And my thing is like, yeah, it's the worst division, but they're not the worst teams in baseball. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a difference. 
like American League East. That has some amazing teams um, in baseball, but they also have some of the worst, which is the Baltimore Orioles. They're not the worst division, though. Same thing goes for the AL Central with the Minnesota Twins and Kansas City Royals, but they've got elite teams in there, right? The the NL East is a bad division, but it's it's not like every team in there is the worst in baseball. It's just that they're all mediocre, and I actually think that that means that they're not terrible teams per se. And the bottom line is you're going to lose games to, to bad teams. There's 162 games. It's baseball, like Andres so eloquently pointed out. And I'm not going to say they're the biggest crybabies in baseball. I think it's that Padres fans, in my opinion, maybe I'm reading too much into this. I haven't been a Padres fan as much as many others, but I think they're just coming to grips with the fact that their team is good for once and that they're kind of the talk of baseball. And they don't realize that when your team is good, oftentimes that still means you'll have those weird stretches. Like this team isn't going to win 145 games, you know? If you lose 62 games, guess how many wins that is? 100. That's an elite team. You know, like, that's an elite team. Like, that's what happens in baseball. So I don't care who you lose to. Is it a little bit annoying every now and then? Sure. When you lose, when you go up and down, you beat the crap out of the Dodgers, but then you're losing to teams like, you know, the Diamondbacks 10 to nothing on a Saturday night, right? That is frustrating. But at the same time, you got to look at it like this. You can take away from losses. You can complain about individual players. But if you're just talking about just losses, guys... You better get used to it because they're probably going to lose 40 more games. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably what's going to happen here. So, that's all I have to say. They're two games, four games back of first place, uh, two games behind the Dodgers right now. Let's relax, everybody. And last night was a good example. Don't give up. Stop giving up on this team just because they're, they're down. You can, like, complain and make little dumb little jokes. That's fine. I'm fine with that stuff. But don't be all doom and gloom. Uh, and that was a long first segment of this here podcast, guys. So let's take a quick break and talk about the best protein bars in the world. They're, of course, the Built Bars, guys. They've got all sorts of flavors, kind of like Ben and Jerry's, all sorts of flavors all over the place. They even got a new limited time flavor uh, this week, Grasshopper Cookie. Tastes like uh, Built Bars version of a classic Thin Mint cookie. And they've got cookies and cream, German chocolate, all sorts of stuff. And best of all, they're healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only four to five grams net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy so what are you waiting for go to builtbar.com and use promo code locks 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order remember that is promo code locks 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com Woo! and we're back everybody oh man that was a long first segment though but hey like i said it's a chunky boy today for the 300th episode extravaganza guys and what are we waiting for? Let's let's just get right uh, continuing on the questions from the mailbag. Uh, I'm so happy that we had last night's game as kind of the catapult into the 300th episode. Like that's just that's just nuts that we had what happened last night. Uh, here we go. Next question comes from Joshua. He says Chris Rose, John Boy Media, mentioned that he liked the thought of Joey Gallo and Kyle Gibson being dealt in a package deal to the Pods. It would be expensive and would definitely lose one or two of our best prospects. I understand the importance of having great prospects, but at what point do we really go for it? We haven't won a World Series, and we haven't been super relevant in a very long time. If we are going to go in for some very solid pieces, then now would be the time. I like the idea of sending Abrams off, regardless, and using him as a big trade piece, because it looks like we have our middle infield for the next five plus years if we pay Jake. As always, enjoying the pods. Now, I have three things to get into. First thing, uh, before we get into this question, is thank you, sir. Thank you very much for the question. Second thing is Josh actually sent this question. Uh, Joshua sent this question six days ago uh, for context. And why I say that is because he mentioned C.J. Abrams, who uh, is out for the season. 
uh, for the Padres. Unfortunately, he suffered a uh, a really, really bad injury. So that was unfortunate. But it doesn't change necessarily my feelings as much on this. And then the fourth thing, actually, uh, I got a similar question revolving around Mr. Joey Gallo from a good buddy of mine, Bryce Patrick who is the host of the Locked On Rangers podcast, as in Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. He mentions, can you tell your people to stop trying to take my son Joey away from me? He's all I have. So basically, this is the Joey Gallo question. So, Joshua, that's a good point, all right? So every now and then I talk about how the Padres shouldn't get too hasty and they should be careful. I do think, still think to a degree they should be careful. But I'm starting to slowly come around on Joey Gallo. He's been a lot better lately, and a lot of people are just pointing out to me, yeah, the strikeouts are a lot, and I know that those things make you nervous. They do. I'm afraid this guy, there's a universe where he stops walking as much as he does, right? But the other thing is he's a really good defensive player, and he has, you know, he's under contract for a while, so they'd be able to keep him for some time. Uh, And also, he just hits bombs, and who doesn't like that, right? I could see that. I could see the package of Kyle Gibson and Joey Gallo. I do wonder what they'd have to give up now, though. Just because C.J. Abrams is out for the year, would they still do that? I still think that if I'm the Rangers, I would consider it. But it's going to take a lot. Reportedly, they were looking at Luis Patino, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, basically all of the top prospects uh, last year for the team. Luis Campizano, I'm pretty sure, was a part of it. So it would definitely cost a lot for those two. And honestly, to be in fairness, it would probably, probably deservedly so to cost that much for those two guys. Uh, in terms of Kyle Gibson, though, honestly, I'm not totally sold on that guy. That guy is so famous for having a great start and then giving up. He literally will go seven innings, give up zero runs, strike out nine, and without even walking anybody. And the next game, he goes two innings, gets lit up for eight. That's what I've known Kyle Gibson for for most of his career. And some of his uh, advanced stats, like you know, FIP, field and independent pitching, suggest that he's due for a regression. So I wouldn't be dying to give up too much for Kyle Gibson. But uh, nevertheless, I, I, I'm a little bit mixed on this because I also agree with Joshua, your point about they got to go for it at some point. You know, your team is clearly set up for now. So do you need to be worried about who's going to be on the team in 2025, 2026? You know what I mean? So I wouldn't mind it as much. I still think they should be careful because you never know who's going to become available. You never know what's going to happen over the course of another year. And if you go all in for one season and you miss, it could be, it could be the, the, the repercussions could be deadly. uh, I think so. And, and even if it's, not that you don't want to go in for a season. I know I'm sounding a little bit convoluted right now, but um, basically you like to have ammo. And the prospects right now, even if you don't want to necessarily consider them future guys, like you mentioned, uh, because of Jake getting extended, that guy could be the future basically of the team for a while, so there's not as much of a need for Abrams, even though I think they're working him out in the outfield a little bit more. Um, I do get that. I do get that. But at the same time, I like keeping the ammo. I'm not totally sure if I want to go all in on Joey Gallo yet. But if they do, I'll still be kind of excited about it. So maybe I'm a hypocrite. Uh, thank you for the question, Joshua. And now moving on to the next one. It's a long podcast, guys. Uh, log one today. Next question comes by way of Mr. Needleman. That's right. Hey, look, I love all the name, the weird usernames that everybody uh, sometimes has when they send me questions. And he says, hi, Javier. Many congratulations on your 300th episode. Excellent podcast and really helps me keep in touch with my Padres. My questions are, how and when did you become a Padres fan? And what is your earliest Padres memory? Also, please rank your favorite Padres announcers of all time, radio and TV. Best switches, Charlie in Dublin, Ireland. What's going on, man? International listener. I love it. Uh, And also, thank you for the kind words. Uh, So a bunch of questions here. Let's get into it. Uh, Let me start with the easier ones, which are, please rank your favorite Padres announcers of all time, radio and TV. Uh... Look, I'm going to be honest with you. On the East Coast, I don't get as much of the radio. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I don't get as much of the radio, so I can't speak to that one. And also for TV, 
I mean, it's Don. I, I, I mean, it's Don. And the thing with Don is also you have that like championship pedigree with him. I know this is such a casual answer, but what can I say, guys? I don't know as much about announcers. And I, I've mentioned on the pods before that I often mute my TV. And that's not necessarily an indictment on announcers. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it isn't. I just like having it low to... I don't know, have on another podcast in the background while I watch a baseball game. That's just me, though. That's just me. I tend to have the TV on uh, really low. So, in general, I'm not like a crazy announcer guy. Um, And then the next one, what is your earliest Padres memory? My earliest Padres memory is actually back when I was still in my Yankees days, uh, which is 2010. And I know, look, roast me if you want. Um, And also when I just wasn't, this was probably one through one of my phases where I stopped caring. Or no, because the Yankees won in 09, so I think there was like another two years. Yeah, I think it was 2012 when I first got to high school uh, when I stopped caring about baseball for another two years. Seriously, I've been up and down with my fandom of baseball. Uh, It's it's a love-hate relationship. Uh, My earliest Padres memory is 2010 just because of the incredible collapse that they had. Uh, And I just looked it up. They were leading the division, the NL West, for 140 days in 2010. Eventually lost it to the Giants, who I believe end up going and winning the World Series that year. Uh, It was actually a point in my life. I remember my mom and I, we actually did a vacation. And the vacation was just going to a hotel for like three days. Uh, In a a nice place, by the way. It was a very nice resort. But that was like our version of vacation because we like never go on vacations, I guess. To like, you know, the fun places like the Poconos on the East Coast anyway. Like Poconos and oh, Paris and all all these places, right? We, we, for some reason, my parents, I joke about this sometimes, they loved going on vacations. My mom and everybody, they loved going all over the world when I wasn't sentient enough to be able to appreciate, you know? When I'm like two years old, I go to Disney World and France and all these places. But but now it's like, oh, we'll go to a hotel. But no, uh, I remember that. I remember sitting there and we were both shocked, like going back into our hotel room, being like, oh, my God, this, the Padres, this is a shame. You like the Chargers so much. Uh, we were kind of rooting for this Padres team uh, and it stinks. And speaking of that, that Chargers thing kind of transitions into how I became a Padres fan. Uh, a good friend of mine from San Diego um, I met that I met in high school, he was a big Chargers fan. And as a result, we started becoming friends. And he was also a Padres guy. Now, he fell off a little bit from the Padres when he moved to New Jersey. Um, and he also said, like, look, the team isn't as good. He he started rooting for the Red Sox a little bit, which makes him a little bit of a jerk. But uh, it was uh, we became friends. And then I slowly started paying attention to them just a little bit because it's my friend. So I cared about the team. And again, during this time, I was like, I am out on baseball. Like, I hate this. And then I became a lot more interested in them when 2015 came around, when A.J. Preller came in. Um, I'm always interested in teams that seem to stick their nose in the conventional wisdom of what we expect of things, i.e., in this case, the Padres being like, we're going to trade for five guys this offseason. Like what? With the Matt Kemp, Justin Upton, Will Myers, you know, Craig Kimbrell, James Shields, that whole entire extravaganza, that made me immediately be like, ooh, interesting. I'm just curious. I like it when people don't, uh, you know, they defy their their nature, you know, they, they they don't accept the circumstances of what they are known for. You know what I mean? I, I like that a lot. So uh, that's basically how I became a fan. And then over the last few years, they've obviously heated up. And then this podcast came along. So that's that. Hopefully that answers all of your questions, Mr. Needleman. Uh, moving on, though, to the next thing. It comes from my buddy Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, guys, call him Sully at Sully Baseball on Twitter, host of the Locked On MLB podcast. He says, how many times are you rewatching The Kid from Left Field in Celebration? Uh, there's a Padres kid, apparently, in this movie. And you know when the movie's from, guys? I want you to guess. 1953. 
Sorry, Sully, I haven't seen this damn thing. I'm sorry. It's 1953. I've never heard of this thing in my life. But now I got it. So if the Padres... You know what? I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to save this as an episode for next week, my review of The Kid from Left Field. All right? I'm going to watch that over the course of the All-Star break. I'm going to write that down in my little uh, notes right now. Plus, it's only an hour and 20 minutes, uh, which is... I, I, I don't know about you guys. When I see a movie is under two hours... When I see it's under an hour 40, hour 30... Oh! Doctor, I get so excited. Um, but also for the record, the reason why Sully asked this is an ongoing uh kind of mini inside joke amongst the Locked On MLB uh group, where basically it jokes about how I'm the youngest person uh ever and that I don't know anything. And hey, have you ever heard of the Beatles? Stuff like that, right? Uh, which is hilarious because I'm not the youngest person in the MLB network for Locked On, and I'm not even the youngest person at Locked On in general. Whatever, like that's just that's just not how it works. But uh, that's the whole thing. So, shouts to Sully for the question. I will absolutely be giving that movie a watch. Hey, it's Padres related. I watched that show pitch because it was Padres related. I'll do it for the kid from left field. Uh, but moving on now to the next question of this here mailbag. That's right, guys. We ain't stopping. Uh, Paul Holden S. Did Matt Holiday touch home plate? And Paul Holden, for those who don't know, new host of the Locked On Rockies podcast, also a very good, uh, uh, a big gaming guy, and I'm a big gaming guy too, so we always like talking about video game stuff. Um, here's three things that I have to say about that. No, he didn't touch home plate, which I'm obligated to say since I cover the Padres. Two, no, he didn't touch home plate, which is my opinion. And three, no, he didn't, t- no, he didn't touch home plate as someone who just rewatched the video for the 10th time. Uh, so that answers your question, Paul. Unbelievable. I don't understand how this is like a, this isn't a debate, right? Like this is like a a bit, I think, among Rockies fans, right? And uh, just for the record, if for some reason, I mean, you're listening to the Pirates podcast, I imagine you might be familiar with it. If you're not familiar, uh, this takes place in 2007, uh, the 163rd game of the year. That was a weird way to say it. Uh, Game 163 of the 2007 season that basically decides the team that you know, goes to the playoffs in this case between the Padres and Rockies and the Rockies had been on fire basically. And they actually go on a magical run after this. So in fairness, good to them. It was a pretty wild run that they had, you know, Troy Tulowitzki, all those guys. Um, but no, he didn't touch home plate. And it was, as some people have pointed out the last time we had sniffed October, basically. So it was, it's a real big point of contention on Padres fans for those who are unfamiliar. No, he did not touch home plate. He blocked it with his damn foot. And I'm not saying that that wasn't like, that, that was, like, allowed or anything like that. I don't know what the rules are back then necessarily if you could do that, but uh, he didn't touch on plate. Sorry, he didn't. And now, before we kind of continue, guys, and wrap up all the questions, and we got still plenty of left, believe me, let me tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. All the latest news, odds, and info on not just the MLB, but the NBA, NBA Finals action, the NHL, which is now done, but all that stuff. UFC, MMA, they got you covered. Uh, Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDONGUYS. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now, guys, we're back. We're keeping it rolling with the mailbag questions, and we got a lot of fun ones, especially here at the end. Let's keep it going with a question from Anthony Burris. Fun question from, obviously, your favorite listener (laughs) for the 300th episode mailbag. Since I'm a butcher, what is your favorite cut of beef? Mine is a ribeye, and I dry-age them at my shop. The whole process of breaking it down and cutting it to the final product and then eating it, amazing, with the star-eyed emoji. Thank you for the question, Anthony. As always, friend of the pod. Um, 
so here's the thing. I'm not going to be honest. It sounds like I'm checking out of the question. Uh, no pun intended, sort of. Well, it's not a meat. I mean, it kind of, uh, whatever. I don't know my, look, on the East Coast, I've grown up with pizza. So, like, I've never really been a big meats guy, and I've never been down south or anything like that, or I actually have been down south. And every time I am, I do enjoy all the meat stuff there. I'm basically a back ribs or boneless short ribs guys just ribs that's basically my thing i've never been a big meats guy and that's for a couple of reasons i grew up eating kind of organic food uh and what have you i didn't grow up eating a lot of meats i don't know what to say i'm a big fan of like corned beef hash uh for example like i love corned beef hash but like in terms of like beef uh not my not my biggest area of expertise and in fairness that just could be because of where i live and also because i try not to eat too much beef to be honest with you i try not to eat as much meat uh anymore i'm trying i still do uh obviously i'm not full vegetarian or anything like that but i've been trying to uh but in general anthony i would love to if i'm ever in san diego or whatever check out this thing sounds delicious let me tell you oh boy uh the ribeye you were talking about that sounds delicious and i know if i go to the right places i imagine that i'll get uh bigger into the beef stuff but in terms of just where i've grown up not my biggest thing uh moving on to the next question now comes from colby olson on twitter who says top three walk-up songs on the padres Great question. Love this one. Lots of fun. Leave it to my guy, Colby, to ask a super fun question. Not that the rest of the questions you guys have asked haven't been fun. I got asked about meats. Every question I've been getting today has been awesome. Um, So top three, my favorite walk-up songs amongst players on the Padres. Uh, it would have to be number three. First, let's give some honorable mentions to Emilio Pagan's uh, Bad Man by Esterly. Just kind of a cool little uh, a song that I like. Uh, Trent Grisham, Long Summer Day. Believe it or not, I'm not a big country guy, but I'm past the whole. I feel like it became a bit to hate country music. And I don't. it's not like my preferred genre, don't get me wrong. It's one of my least favorite, I'd say. But if I'm in the right vibe, if I'm like sipping on a drink, I know it's super cliche. But if I'm like having a beer, just hanging out with my friends, just having something in the background, it's not too bad. There's something about it. But it's it very much matters, country music, depending on the vibe. I can listen to more genres no matter what. Uh, kind of mood I'm in. Um, so that one's just a little bit of a mention. And then the top three, I'd say Mike Clevenger, Ain't No Sunshine, Lido Remix, Bill Withers and Lido, uh, for obvious reasons. He's literally playing off his nickname. Uh, and whether that's cheesy or not, I've mentioned before a little bit jokingly that I think Mike Clevenger is a little bit of a cord ball in his own way, in his own like kind of free thinker way, if that makes any sense. We don't have to get it uh, all into that. Love Mike Clevenger. Can't wait for him to be back. Man, I miss that guy. You, you almost forget that they trade for Mike Clevenger sometimes, and that's like a really, really high quality starter that could be really awesome for this team next year, which is why... I should have mentioned this before with the Joey Gallo thing. Maybe don't give up too, too, too much uh, prospects when it comes to pitching because you do have one coming next year. But anyway, um, and then number two goes to Will Myers, Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Look, if you guys know, I'm a big like kind of rock and roll guy, and I love hip-hop, depending on the mood I'm in, and oldies music. I love oldies, rock and roll, especially that mid-2000s rock and roll, a little bit of the punk rock stuff, uh, a little bit of the emo phase, I guess, for me growing up, like Green Day, even even like Three Days Grace, some stuff that I listen to, but Green Day being my biggest. And then oldies, whether it be uh, You're the One by... The Vogues, you know, Stand By Me, Betty King, shout out to that movie that will make me cry if I ever watch it again, and it makes me super emotional. Uh, or, you know, Goodbye Stranger by Super Tramp, Journey, I'm a big Journey fan. Uh, so that's my kind of taste of music, and this is just an awesome song. And also, I'm going to actually link this just 
because why not just for fun for you guys uh the the song kickstart my heart plays in one of my favorite movie montages ever uh not that a, a montage that occurred in a movie but like a fan-made montage and it was of 2016 like all the movies it plays towards the end of it i recommend the whole video but uh they do like the that one at the end of the 2016 slate and i actually thought 2016's movies were not that great so i'm actually gonna link it and it makes it look like it was the most lit year like of all time so that's number two my favorite and then number one Eye of the Tiger, Craig Stammen. <laughs> I like oldies, but man, there's just something hilarious about Craig Stammen having Eye of the Tiger. What a bad... I love Craig Stammen, man. Uh, I really do. I think he gets way too much hate. But um, moving on now, great question, Colby. And for the record, because I imagine someone might be wondering, if I had a walk-up song, which is a lot of people's... Uh, I think someone's asked me this before, but uh, Go Square Go would be my walk-up song by Glass Vegas, G-L-A-S-V-E-G-A-S. Uh, I heard it from an E3 conference for a PlayStation one time, and I just think it's hype as hell. Uh, so that's the question. Thank you, Kobe, for the question. Moving on now to the next one we've got here. It's actually a bit of an onslaught of rapid-fire questions for someone who messaged me, messages me a lot. Uh, Thomas Miller on Twitter. He's got a bunch of them, so let's go through them. Questions for the 300th episode. One, do you think Padres will make the playoffs? Yes, I do think they will. I don't care if they're third in the division. I think that this is just one of those crazy years where you could argue three of the seven best teams in baseball are all in the same division. Uh, two, do you think the Giants will fall off? Yes, but only to an extent. I still think that they're at minimum a wild card team. And also, it does depend on what they do on the deadline. Uh, I think that if they add another piece, you trade for, say, maybe they trade for Chris Bryant or Joey Gallo, somebody like that, uh, then I think that they're kind of here to stay uh three wh what will you think what do you think tatis finishes up in hold on you worded this a little bit weird how do you think uh tatis finishes up in the home run leaders this season oh that's a great question i think he's gonna at minimum be top 10 uh unless we have some sort of injury it's clearly all there hardest one of the hardest hit ball guys in the league especially among shortstops he eats every ball you saw the home run i think my prediction though i think he'll be number four that's my prediction. I think Vlad Jr., I think Otani, and I think Acuna are actually going to finish above him. But it's going to be very, very close. Either way, it's uh, – God, I love that tea so much. Uh, number four, which is really funny. Do you like peach tea? I love all these, like, serious questions that he asked me this. Uh, shout out to you, Thomas. Uh, yes, I do. Although lately I've been more obsessed, or at least my, my mom and I have been really obsessed with this half-and-half half diet uh, iced tea Snapple uh, that we've been getting, like, just all the time. So that's one. But I do like peach tea, yes. Uh, five, would you trade Tommy Pham for Chris Bryant? Yes, but begrudgingly. And it would – I don't know why the Cubs would do that because then you would also have to give up a prospect probably if you're the Padres. Otherwise, why are they trading trading Chris Bryant? Because Tommy Pham's a free agent too. Uh, and he's older so it doesn't make a lot of sense I don't think I would in theory no I don't think I would just because like in a vacuum yes I'd rather have Chris Bryant over Tommy Fan, but I'm not sure that, that they would accept that because it's kind of a there's no gain there you get what I'm saying because of how the contracts line up uh number six what's your take on Ryan Weathers uh really great rookie he clearly was able to adapt his great control but also increases velo Yes, he's regressed just a tiny bit lately, hasn't been as elite, but he's the type of guy that has been very, very key, especially early on in the year uh, because of the injuries to Denelson Lamette, Chris Paddock not looking as great, uh, Blake Snell not being as great. Just been a nice extra piece for the team whenever some of their pitchers run into trouble. Love him, although let's not you know expect too much from him. What he's doing right now is enough. Uh, number seven, what is wrong with Snell? Oh, man, where do I even start? And this actually segues also into another question that I got from Ulysses Sombrano from Locked On Rays, appropriately so. 
And he said, uh, what can you take away from Blake Snell's first half? So I'll answer both of the questions now. I think Blake Snell clearly isn't exactly the the pitcher that the Padres wanted to trade for. However, I am expecting him to at least bounce back a little bit. It's hard for me to believe that he's going to be one of the worst pitchers in the league with like an ERA above five. I just think he'll figure it out. But at the same time, one of the biggest takeaways is you'd think facing a pitcher every nine at bats, plus uh, with the eighth hitter in a lineup in the National League, they usually have to, you could pitch around that guy because then you could just get to the pitch if you wanted to and on top of that he's facing a bunch of guys he hasn't faced before you could argue that means that he's getting used to different batters I am a little bit more cynical in saying I just think it's a little bit weird that the guys haven't seen his pitches before and they refuse to swing at any of his pitches outside the zone so that's not great um Again, we, we, we just have to hope that he gets better than what he is now. And I'm sl- somewhat uh, confident that he will. Uh, and number eight question from uh, Thomas Miller, just to finish up. If the Padres win the World Series, I'm buying you a jersey. But let's hope we can turn it around. Go Padres. Stay faithful. Uh, so that wasn't as much of a question. But thank you, Thomas. And thank you, Ulysses. Uh, yeah, I would love to get a jersey. I might even get one for my birthday, to be honest with you. I've been deciding which one to get. You have to go Tatis, obviously. But... The hipster in me wants to get a different one. You know what I mean? The hipster in me wants to get a different one. And if I did, I don't know who I would get. Um, But yeah, guys, thank you for those uh, questions. Really appreciate it. And now the last question of this here gigantic chunky boy pod comes by way of Mr. Rylan Styles who is the host of the Locked On Royals podcast and Locked On Thunder podcast. That's right, double entendre, uh, man of many talents, Mr. Ryland Styles. He says, which Padres player would be the best basketball player? Uh, which he mentions just because sometimes he likes crapping out how much baseball uh, is stepping on its, you know, stepping on its own hype sometimes uh, and just making fun of it. Uh, Padres players as basketball players, uh, Look, one thing I will mention, Tony Gwynn apparently played amazing in college. He was a great college basketball player, kind of low-key. But in terms of the modern players, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Kind of obvious ones, honestly. So Tatis, just because freak athlete, if you're a freak athlete by default, you will be one of my picks to succeed in another sport. We just saw him do a little double jump the other day, guys, like Jack and Daxter. You know what I'm saying? So he's got all the air Tatis, man. So Tatis is up there. Um, Tommy Pham also up there. I think he's got a toughness to him. And I've said this before. Tommy Pham always looks angry. Uh, but I don't know. Tommy Pham, I feel like, would be pretty decent at basketball. I don't know for sure. I don't. And look, if this has been talked about before, if there's somebody that I'm missing, I couldn't really find the college careers of all these guys, then let me know. And last one, sneaky one, I think Pierce Johnson might be okay. I don't know. I feel like Pierce Johnson would be okay at basketball. And then there's probably a random one like Blake Snell who might be really good at basketball. I don't know for sure, uh, but I would love to know. Uh, thank you for the question, Ryland. And thank you, everyone, for your questions. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Look, my expectations are always through the roof for you guys. You've been so supportive, uh, but you exceeded my expectations with these questions. And seriously, though, thank you for the kind words. It's been an incredible 300 episodes. Things started off a little bit rocky. You know, I got into little spats with some Padres fans and oh no he did he did this wrong he said this wrong but I feel like I've just been getting a lot of love lately and I really appreciate that and doing this pod has literally in a lot of ways changed my career arc and life so I really appreciate all all the love and stuff and I just hope that you guys enjoy this episode and continue to enjoy uh future episodes as the Friars head to the World Series this year. It's going to be a great ride, guys. It's going to be great, guys. But uh, before we close things out, let me just mention, check out the Lockdown Today podcast, all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. 
talking about the Suns last night. Devin Booker led them to a 2-0 lead. Really great stuff. Peter Bukowski does a great job hosting that. But in terms of the rest of this podcast, next week going to be do some, doing getting a little bit more creative because it is kind of the all-star break after this weekend. Uh, definitely going to be recapping the Rocky series from this weekend, which should be fun. And remember, everybody, don't freak out if the Potters lose a couple games, even to the Rockies. It's okay. You know what I mean? You can still get mad at, like, Hosmer and Blake Snell and Will Myers to a degree, though. You know what I mean? Like, players is different than, like, the team and acting like it's all doom and gloom. But um, we already talked about that at the beginning of the pod. Um, So, yeah, and then a bunch of different things. Probably some midseason catch-ups. I was recently on. I'm going to link this in the description below as well. uh, The... Uh, just baseball podcast uh, finally and we talked about our midseason kind of awards biggest surprises biggest disappointments for all that stuff and Shohei Otani so you guys can check that out and with that all being said guys that about does it for today's 300th episode edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. If you don't mind, you can send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care. Let's go, Padres!